choosing every day. And the other thing is nobody wants to fucking own who they are. Yeah. yeah. Right. And it's not just in alcohol. Like we could talk about anything right now with this message. Yeah. Nobody wants to truly take ownership for anything going on inside of their life. Whatever your situation is currently is not your forever situation. That's really what real business owners is, man. Like we don't care where you come from. Where are you going? Our goal and our job is to reduce the mistakes that you have to make or the money that you have to lose. You want to be an entrepreneur, you want to be successful, don't give up. You learn, adjust, and continue to move forward. Welcome back to the Real Business Owners Podcast. This is episode 131 with myself, Trevor Cowley. As always, Kilo G. What's up, friends? What's up, friends? We have another friend. <laughs> yeah, we do. We have an additional friend for you guys today. It's uh, Mark Jennison. Yes, sir. Did I say it right? Now that person. Yeah, I mean, that's the first time I've ever seen that last name. Yeah. So it's a powerful name. Yeah, there you go. You made it powerful, <laughs> man, bro. I'm yeah, exactly. Sure. So no, we're we're happy to have this individual on. You know, and and the reason being is because I know for a fact that you know there's some listeners right now, especially I think as as more shit happens in the world, we see alcohol sales shoot through the roof. And it's always when something negative is happening, you can see that this market over here, when bad things are going on, people drink more, you know, and, uh, you know, Mark has a history himself of different issues or struggles that he's had to battle and and had to overcome. And now he's an individual that's here to serve. Uh, He's here to coach, mentor, and help in other individuals that are maybe in a dark place that needs somebody to shine some light. And that's Mm -hmm. what his job is is to shine light, you know, in their life and maybe give them hope when they feel hopeless. Would you say that that's an accurate description? Absolutely. I think that's anything that a good coach does is always providing hope, even in yourself in this podcast, yeah. by delivering hope to these guys, whether they're starting a business on day one or going to that $100 million mark. I wanted to be clear on something. Um, you said that when things are bad, people drink. Do that. That's just bullshit, right? When they're good, right. they drink just as well. As a matter of fact, if you think about like a why, bar. Why do you think sales go through the roof then? When like, even when the pandemic first hit, they said alcohol sales were up like 300%. Yeah. But how do we really actually know that? Like, yeah. do you know what I'm saying? So they're going to report that negatively. Yeah. I don't trust anything the news says. Yeah. Number one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, number two, um, you think about like all the celebrations, uh, NBA championships, football, NFL, like it's always just skyrocketing. Yeah. I don't yeah. think that there's, I do, I do agree that when this pandemic hit, shit skyrocketed. Well, there was a ton right. of scarcity. They're like, oh, you're not gonna be able to get this or that and blah, blah, blah. Maybe that had and like, I literally it. saw people wind up the street by our liquor store and I was like, Holy cow. But they were being told like they didn't know what they were going to be able to get supplies and stuff. So people were just probably like, I'm good on toilet yeah. paper. I've already hit Costco. Now it's time. Well, get my drinks. Yeah. yeah. Get the drinks to hunker down for whatever the quarantine is. Or really? Whatever. It was fear though. Right. It, yeah. it was just fear. Oh, what's totally. yeah. what's going to yeah. happen. Yeah. Right. I like to call that. I've done a ton of these radio shows about the accidental alcoholic. Yeah. Right. And what does that mean? Just, I hate the word alcoholic to be clear. Just, yeah. just so, you yeah. Know. Um, because it's a, a strong hold type label that it's, that's, who it's an identity are. and a label that, yeah. that is not something that I'm ever going to give myself yeah. regardless of how deep dark my past was. Right. Like that's yeah. just, yeah. in my opinion, it's weak. And, and I agree with you a hundred percent on that. And Kel knows this, mm-hmm. um, you know, and I don't have, I don't care how anybody gets clean, gets sober, whatever, whatever works for that individual. Cool. But I never went through like an NA or a treatment or anything like that. Um, when I said I was done with it, that was a commitment that I made to myself. And as I was going through the withdrawals and going through the pain, 
I wanted to cement the pain into my mind that that's the memory. That's what drugs do. Sure. Right. And then I made a promise that I will never put myself in this type of pain again. And, you know, I just think people fail to keep promises to themselves or, you know, I mean, that's really what it comes down to. But I, I didn't, I didn't have to go through that because I didn't want to relive this old story over and over and over and say, Hey, I'm, I'm a drug addict. My name's Trevor or whatever. Right. Like I didn't want to identify with that. I was, I, I, I was already Trevor, the drug addict. Right. Now I'm Trevor, the individual that's trying to get somewhere completely opposite of where I've been. So why would I want to relive them, those past stories? Too Absolutely. Much? So you said a lot of cool things inside there, which hits in line with what my program mm. actually teaches people with, which yeah. I, I won't go into right now, but choice. Mm-hmm. The greatest gift, the greatest power that we all possess, the ability to choose. Like you, I chose to jump on a plane, two to, planes to be yeah. able to get here, yeah. to, to spend an hour we, with you yeah, guys. And we appreciate right? it. Yeah, mm-hmm. this guy's flying in and flying out, or, you know, at nighttime, flying out early most, morning. Most places are two planes to get here. Yeah, 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 yeah it was no, that's what he said. <laughs> he said two planes. Two yeah. planes like, to get here. Yeah. It was either that or fly to Vegas and drive. Yeah. Like, I'd rather just sit in yeah. Denver and take a 20-minute Uber. Anyways, exactly. Um, choosing every day. And the other thing is, nobody wants to fucking own who they are. Yeah. yeah. Right. And it's not just in alcohol. Like we could talk about anything right now with this message. Yeah. Nobody wants to truly take ownership for anything going on inside of their life. Mm. It's easy to say something else hurt me. My mom hurt me. My dad hurt me. Uh, my business. I mean, you know how many clients you're, I you're, have? You're validating the reason why you're making a bad choice and it has nothing to do with you. It was because of this. Dude, Think. Just yeah. I guarantee you that out of the hundreds of thousands of, fo- of listeners you have on this, someone out there is still blaming 2000. They're drinking every day. Yeah. And they're still blaming 2008. Oh yeah, right. Pretenders. Oh man, they're still I had fucking it so good prior right. to this crash. But yeah. they done nothing until the the pandemic hit, and they're even further and further down, living in their mm. mom's basement. And at one point, they're probably on top of the world. Yeah, right. And they could have fixed it. Like I am no different. As a matter of fact, when 2007 is when, if we want to get into my story here in a little yeah, bit, but please. 2007 is when I built my first multi million dollar company. Like I built it inside of that that tough time, seven, eight, nine, right. ten, only to lose it by my my own hand. Right. Mm-hmm. Um discipline, right? Like thinking about what you just said, you didn't want to be Cal or you don't want to be Trevor anymore. The, the, the fucking junkie. Yeah. Right. The, you don't want to be I was that already guy. that I already knew I was that. And now I'm, I'm clean. But I'm you were never a, yeah. even really that guy. Yeah. That was just something you were in your journey to get where you're at. Mm-hmm. Like right now today, I'm sitting in the office, right? Like this, yeah. this, this is your story. This is the journey. You guys, mm-hmm. did you know each other at that time? Like, uh, you? yeah, we, so we met, I was, think 19 and Kel was 20 and then um I ended up hanging around the wrong crowd uh you know we went down different paths yeah we went down different paths and so Kel didn't really know me as that he he probably did or heard stories I'm sure like hey Trevor oh yeah that guy he's he's doing this now or whatever right but we reconnected you know after probably four or five years after I uh, got clean. Uh, I think within like a year, uh, year and a half of me getting clean, we ended up reconnecting. See, my, my point is this: I walk into your beautiful building, you got this whole third floor up here, right? You guys yeah. got you got business meetings going on, stuff on the wall, lights, cameras, action rolling, right? This is just part of your journey. That yeah, that was just kind of who you were at that time. Mm-hmm. Guy, even you are right now. Both you guys, before me and myself included, but this is not our end all be all, right? Yeah. The identity that we wear today of a businessman, entrepreneur, father, whatever label we want to give ourselves, is not even the real fucking label we're going to die with. Mm-hmm. Right. right. If you really want to think about it, so I could get into the message that I deliver. It is not one of, it is not one of just, oh man, what was me, little bitch? I drank, I drank too much, 50, 60 drinks a day, whatever. It's one of redemption and courage mm-hmm. and freedom. 
Right. Like every day that I get up in my life, I'm trying to deliver a message of freedom for myself first. And I couldn't have a layer of freedom in my life when I was looking at it if I would take an identity of an alcoholic yeah, or a junkie, regardless of what society said about me. Right. So, Even if you don't take the identity of an alcoholic, right? Like I don't, but I do drink occasionally. And then sometimes I even tell my wife, I'm like, why the fuck do I even go, like, even drink occasionally? Like, it's very rare. Every once in a while, they're like, hey, we got friends, have drinks, it's fun, you don't really have any regrets. But most of the time, there's like these regrets, you're working through a hangover, you feel like in a depression for a few days, and you fight out of it, and then you, you find some momentum, and then you're like, you know, whatever it is, social setting, you drink again. It's like, then you start kind of sabotaging yourself mentally, right? You, you kind of pull yourself down, like... I think a lot of it is mental, right? Absolutely. I'm sure. I mean, there's probably guys even like, or gals or whatever at that level too. They're just like, dude, I'm not really an alcoholic, but it is kind of fucking with my life. Right. Like, you know, like, do you have a lot of guys that you, you service like that? Or is it mostly like, they're like, dude, I'm an alcoholic. Like I've drank myself to the bottom. So we've got a wide array of people that we help. Mm. Um, But I would say primarily like one of my clients that I helped, literally just sold his company for 500 million last yep. week. And I'm flying out to his birthday party on, mm, uh, he probably listens to this podcast. He's, he's big in like a service industry. Um, and the reason I say that is cause that's like a high end, high end individual. Oh, yeah. and, and then I got guys that are coming in a lot of vets who are at the bottom, but they really have this desire to fix themselves. So if, if you, it, it's not about like where you drink or how you drink, whether it's one, two, 30, 50, or how you shoot heroin or whatever it is. It's about being a high driven achieving man. Right. Right. So what you said right there about going along and making choices and you're feeling good. Then you have a couple of drinks. You're probably celebrating success. And then you're celebrating that success by a hangover, feeling mm-hmm. like a bag of dicks. Right. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> you know, three, four, <laughs> five days depressed. And, uh, and then you get right back on, go three, maybe three months. Right. right? And then you find yourself back. Would you ever see an alcoholic for that? No. Right. You just made some choices. Right. Back to what I said before. And when you look at every choice. So when I talk about freedom and I talk about intentional intensity in all things that I do. I don't know if you could tell by like when I turned it on to sit here, I'm an intense yeah, dude. Yeah. I'll sit back and I'm quiet, but I fucking showed up to win. Yeah. Right. I showed up here on this podcast. I know there's bigger names than me, but I want someone to hear this thing to change their fucking life. And, and I guarantee you there will be, mm-hmm. I guarantee you there will be, you will get messages. Yeah. That's a fact. Like everybody that's on the show ends up Every, everybody's connecting with, with different guests. For the most part, it's all great information, but there's some people that just, man, this get, you know, it's like they spoke to me directly. And I would say just, you know, entrepreneurship in general, you know, the highs are, are extremely high and the lows are extremely low. Like one person was like something, they said something about being in sales or whatever. What's it like being a, a business owner? And I said, it's just like sales, you know, like, when you're having good weeks and everything's going, the high is super high. But if you can't close a fucking door, you feel like the biggest piece of shit in the world. I'm like, but now times that by 10 because you have all these other people that are underneath you that you have to ultimately make decisions that will affect them, sure. whether they know it or not. And I said, so the highs are really high and the lows are really low. And would, would you say that you see uh, a large per- percentage of people that are entrepreneurial end up kind of going down that rabbit hole maybe during more stressful times or celebrating or whatever it is absolutely or, or is there an industry well like, that I mean, you yeah. see like peak 
abuse, I guess, in any substance. You, you know, man, it, it's hard to look label that. It's hard to some, label that yeah. because I don't think that choices discriminate. Gotcha. Right. I'm not going to say, you know, like Alcoholics Anonymous or whatever would say that uh, addiction doesn't discriminate. It helps. Like, fuck that. I'm not trying to give that kind of message. Choices don't discriminate. We've got professional athletes. We've got business um, businessmen. Got a lot of firemen. What it, it's always somebody who's got drive, right? But that is in at the core. Since this is your audience, we'll talk about entrepreneurs. Yeah, that's really what they are. Whether they made their first dollar or they made millions of dollars, there's something inside of them. This this primal instinct calling them to fucking drive and win and achieve and go and go and go and go. So those guys typically they they play hard, they play big, and then they fall big, right? Mm-hmm. So you classify when you look at that mindset. To me, it's a, a lot larger than just an entrepreneur. Right. Um, but yeah, man, I mean, when, when you really, when you take a step back and you look at the, why I serve them, it's because it's who I am. Yeah. Right? That's kind of, it's who I am. I've done multiple businesses in my life. I'm going to tell you something for your, your audience listening out there. One of the biggest things that I did um, that I'm proud of as far as being an entrepreneur and why I'm actually on this thing, because think about it, how many people actually help people every day for free? A, a lot, right? right? I went to society I put my fucking face out on Facebook. There's, I think, 13. We got like this, uh, what I call the preparation age problem, right? I got a great product, but nobody wants to talk about using it. Right. Right? But <laughs> on the inside, like that's legit what it is. I got this great, great fucking product. Everyone loves it on the inside, but nobody wants to let the world know that yeah. they have it. Right. Okay? But when I see my insights, we have 13 million people to my paid advertising, the organic channels that get shared, that view this stuff every month. 13 million. Wow. Okay. And where I'm going with this is these, these people, I created this audience and I went to them and I threw myself underneath the bus and I said, look, I'm going to tell you guys you're not powerless. I'm going to tell you that your labels are fucking fucked up. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you a new identity and belief system called the comeback and I'm going to charge you for it. Right? Literally. Yeah. And I'm going to charge you for it, which is why I'm on this entrepreneur podcast. Because yeah. the, truth, the truth is, if I was just some dude that was helping somebody in a church basement, you wouldn't want nothing to do with me. Absolutely not. And why is that important that I charge for it? It's because I didn't take it serious for myself. Right. Right. Um, I don't know if you want to get into my story or not uh, about how dude, that came absolutely. from. But yeah. You, yeah. No, I mean, just so you guys know, Mark, Mark definitely has, you know, some, well, probably more than one crazy story, right? Um, in terms of some of the things that he's had to overcome. And that's exactly what we want you to do. You know, we want you to share your journey because somebody will connect with maybe where you were 10 years ago or 15 years ago. That's there today. Sure. You know, that's a fact. You're, you're 15 years ago is somebody's, they're living that right now, yep. right? And I want in other individuals to kind of hear your story and in some cases, you know, basically utilize you to to build more belief in themselves that, change can happen, right? And that's the most important message that anybody could share is that change is possible and change can happen through the power of choice, right? You know and people think? don't put a whole lot of skin in the game or they don't put a whole lot of action into the, into the you know, efforts of whatever it is until there is a little skin in the game. Yeah. So I don't think there's a problem at all with being like, dude, I'm going to change the game because I'm going to help hold you accountable, but I'm going to charge your ass you, because you're, you're going to take this thing seriously. Yeah. Anybody who's listening to this, and you guys should get, you should go check out some of my paid advertising, what these people say, like yeah. about the charlatan and fraud and fucking scam. Oh. Like, I mean, oh, dude, you'll get that. I'm talking yeah. like dudes want to send me death threats. Really? Like, tell me, oh, I'm going to fuck your wife. Your kid looks oh, like, a, well, they're you know, probably like, like, oh, you, and then, you're preying on people that are in a bad situation. Right. Well, 
he's also has thousands of messages of people the that fact helped. that yeah. he's helped change their life. Obviously, they had to make the decision and the commitment, but obviously he shined light in the area that they needed light shine so that they could see their own bullshit, right? What gets me is every time they do that, and then I go look at their page, and they're giving everything to God. On one side, you're going to kill me. And then you're going to give everything to God. Yeah, they're the most like, religious, the gracious person right? in the world on their page. But then they're... But in my DMs, yeah, dude, I'm, no, you, you ought to kill me, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Very Christ-like, sir. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, anyways, I'll just give you a quick background, man. So I'm 41 years old. Um, I'm straight out of the trailer, right? My, my parents had me young. Um, Wisconsin. Illinois. Then went to Florida, then Wisconsin, gotcha. but I stayed in Illinois most of my life. Gotcha. Um, my, you know, my mom and dad married young, household every night fighting, fucking getting beat, like, you know, just very, very was shitty. There, was there drug or alcohol abuse no, involved? No, it's the craziest it just, thing, man. Yeah. My dad was just, a, I think there were two kids that were toxic as fuck. They didn't know how to get along and they, yeah. it was just chaos and they weren't uh -huh. right for each other. And I don't think neither of them knew how to handle it. They're still crazy and they're right now today, right? Yeah. And they hate each other today. They're still fighting. They're not even married. They've been divorced since I was 13. Mm, I know some parents. <laughs> Do you? <laughs> but, but so the life was like, life was chaotic. I mean, not to go into my, my pity shit when i was a kid just it was what we also had some great times i raced yeah. motocross yeah. right like it's always so it's hard like, to talk about your story because you're like that part you're not trying to sell this like weird you know i came from this horrible past but there is a lot of power in where you come from there, there's so a it's ton, important right? that you talk about it yeah there's a ton of it and the biggest thing too is like i don't want to give a bad my mom and dad are both still alive and my son literally just followed you guys on that on your thing today oh, he's 12 cool. years old so the last thing i want to do is talk shit about he's gonna listen yeah to this. yeah talk yeah. shit about his grandma and grandpa right so yeah. I, I try to leave that out of it but straight up for me it was it sucked, man. Every night, fighting, dinner place flying, purse getting emptied out. My dad called me fat, fuck, you know, mom punching me, belt, like cars getting repossessed, uh, just that type of lifestyle. You just grew up in chaos. Yeah, just chaos everywhere. Yeah. But it's, it's also the very thing that makes me who I am today. Exactly. Right? right? Like, I know how to handle my shit in every situation where I look at, like, my son or look at my daughters as well, and, like, dad takes care of everything which is probably not a good thing. It's probably another co uh, topic for a conversation. <laughs> right. But that made me who, who made me a little bit crazy. Um, I want to touch base on this. My brother was a really good motocross racer. Like dirt bikes are prevalent in my life. We actually sponsor a race team right now. I'm a comeback does. So it's like we're on TV, supercross, motocross, really top, top team. Um, so it's always been a love of mine, but my brother was really, really good. Him and Travis, like he raced against Travis Pastrana, rode for Suzuki, like all big names yeah. you guys would know. Um, they, so they, they chased this career, chased this career and I got put on the back burner, right? Dad didn't really care about me. Mom was So out. all the time and money and energy was invested into, into his racing, into yes. where they were going. And I was left to the wayside yeah. to make some poor fucking choices. My brother actually told a story at my event last week about, he's like, man, you're, our dad wouldn't even let you eat. I wasn't even allowed to eat. Mm. Like I, all the food needed to be for Kurt, rice, steak. He got, he needs to bulk up so that he can ride that dirt bike. Fuck you, Mark. Right, like that was, yeah, that was that was that's top Rama for you, if anything. Nothing, bro. Nothing, like I'm, yeah. I was figuring out how to go to the bar and play some pool or steal or whatever I could do to yeah. eat so that I could figure it out. And that's that's as a, as a kid. Um, I'm do, you think, do you think that served you today when there's chaos in your life that you just you're a little bit more calm and collected during it because you've had you've dealt with chaos? Not previously? only am I calm and collective in it, I thrive in it. 
Gotcha. That's a scary place to be too. Yeah. Right? Like that's another conversation. Like well, in some cases, people create their own chaos because that's where they're more comfortable. And if I'm because, not exactly, yes. If I'm not careful, then yeah. I'm creating that all the time, and that's not serving the business. That's not serving Correct. me. It's not serving my clients. So I'm gonna I'm just gonna run through this so we can get these listeners to understand what I'm a comeback is, why I'm here, why you're listening to me, why they they can probably believe in what we do. Um, parents divorced, fourteen years, thirteen years old, fourteen years old. Dad took off with my brother. Um, I had this uncle that was my dad's my dad's brother he was always good to me though um they left me behind i went to wisconsin to live with him um kind of bounce around grandma's house here and there put myself through through high school nobody gave a fuck if i went to school i did went your there. dad take your brother uh, for they the were in, across yeah the they're in florida colorado flying, texas just, okay, gotcha. right like gotcha. they're everywhere in the He's united states still 100 percent vested 100 vested in him yep. boy's career not yours all the way yeah. until i was like literally 20 years old they mm. were doing that but it was just you know they left without me as a matter of fact I remember the time I gave my dad, I was so fucking sad. Like he couldn't even pay child support. I gave him the hundred dollars that I made working at, at 13 years old. I gave him the hundred dollars to pay child support for, to my mom. I don't even know if he ever gave it to him. I ran inside to grab my clothes. I was going to go with him because I didn't want to stay with my mom. And as I come running out, I re- only see taillights, mm. right? I was left behind. Damn. So that, that's actually the biggest piece of my, at that moment I said, no one's going to fuck with me ever again. I didn't like, didn't realize what I was saying, but that anger made me who I am today, and I still use it to serve me to, to liberate men. They didn't give a shit, really. They were doing their thing. I was left uh, with my uncle at 14 years old. I'm learning how to drink, pick up, you know, like in the bars, hanging out with people I shouldn't be hanging mm-hmm. out with. I think that alcohol and drugs equates to power because he was an entrepreneur. He taught me everything about how to make money and how to hustle, and he also taught me about bad things, drinking, drugs, women, right? Like right. He taught me everything, but he was the greatest man in my life. Um, so he served me and, and I went from 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, got out of high school, um, started dating a girl and things didn't work out the way that I wanted that you would think it's just a young, dumb relationship. Yeah. Anyways, broke up. I'd gotten a fight. This is important because I got in a fight, uh, down at Rockford arena cross, got beat up by some dudes, broke my leg, said, I'm moving to California. Um, a few days before Christmas Eve. Jumped in my Chevy S10 Extreme with $120, a hot pink cast on my right leg, and drove all the way across the country stealing gas just to get out to just California. No job. Pumping. Just pump, pump and run, bro. No job. No no mm. clue what I was going to do. 120 bucks, listening to Sublime, and <laughs> that's it. Just just rolling across Open the country. Open road and just, not knowing what yeah. the hell life is going to bring. I yeah. made it all. I went right through. I remember coming through here the first time as a kid, but I made it all the way to Victorville a couple days before uh, Christmas, and my fuel pump went out. Damn. In my truck, and I'm crutching down the road. Anyways, I'm not going to go into that. What happened out in California was I ended up finding out who I was. Um, and because I could drink more, fight more, was just a wild dude. Mm-hmm. I, I got real popular inside of the motorcycle industry. I got a job at Pro Circuit, which is like the number one. So you were making team. a name for yourself, even if it was somewhat negative. At not least only did you I, were standing out. Dude, I stood out because I could drink. And I became great friends with like the most powerful, like my dad, the most yeah. powerful man in, in motocross name was Mitch Payton. He's the owner, owner of the team. Anyways, what happened out there though, was the drinking, you know, every night was good. And I started living a double life and I got addicted to crystal meth. Um, and just, I mean, first, uh, how did that even come up with somebody you looked up to somebody that you worked with? Like, because that, that's how it happened with me is it was just in the environment and I was in the environment and then got introduced. I still had the decision to obviously say, yeah, let's roll. But 
So I'd yeah. always, I'd already done cocaine, right? Partying from kind of 14 years old. Stuff Straight up, there, what yeah. happened the night was I went to get some blow, and the guy didn't have anybody. He said, I have some speed. Uh, I said, cool. I'll take whatever. I'll take whatever. I'm trying to escape. I hit it one time, yep. and I was wide open. That was gotcha. the best feeling of my life. Gotcha. Next three years, it just completely just started unraveling. Ate at you. Yep. 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 There's a couple things that are important here to, to understand. My uncle, who loved me, though, was always trying to get me to come, come back home. As I was losing my shit out there in California, he got cancer. Okay. Um, so they kept trying to get me to come home, come home, come home. 2007, he wasn't doing too well. They said, hey, why don't you come home? We're going to have a family reunion. I fucking crushed up six grams of meth on the inside of an Axe spray can. Right? Like, you know, that type, yeah. of, that type of thing. Axe body spray. Axe body spray. Yeah. I cracked, I, I crushed it up. Electrical taped it to the inside of the bags. Went to LAX. As I was coming in, I saw the drug dog. So I got back into a car, took off back to Corona where I was living. Tried, smoked it all. The next day, did another six grams, did it, and flew home with it. Literally fucking flew home with that in my bag. Like a total moron, right? Oh, yeah. Why this is important is, though, my, I thought, like, the world, there was no rules for me. I just didn't listen to rules. I just you didn't just care. You just did what you wanted. I made every fucking yeah. choice was my choice. Good, bad, ugly, or indifferent. I went home. Uh, I got off the plane. My brother says, hey, man, how... Uh, Hey, how much of that shit do you got? But this time everyone knew what was up, right? And I said, I got six grams, left it off. And he goes, good, because you're not going back. That was my first loss. Yeah. Right? That was my first. My car was out there still. My bank accounts, not that I had much money left in there. Yeah. My clothes. I had three pair of clothes, and I stayed in Southern California. Or I stayed in Wisconsin after that. Like, I was home. So I, did he do that just out of the to fact save of my saying, life. like, dude. Yeah, you're out of you're control. Fucking you're fucking nuts. Losing yourself out there. You're unraveling. You yeah, okay. So there was, a, there was a moment inside of there. That was 2007. Um, my best friend, a tattooed on right here, he died Christmas Eve. I mean, there, there's a lot. Mm-hmm. It's, it, Drug abuse? No, drinking and driving. Gotcha. Right? So everyone yeah. I loved has been impacted yeah. by this. Um, I don't want to turn this into a three-hour fucking story, but he died Christmas Eve, and my life from then just went... Un- unwound even more. It was like my first loss, right? Like my uncle's got cancer. I'm losing my fucking my mind. My best friend dies. My life's unraveling. I fly home. Life like life that I know it is just mm. done at this point. I'm 20, tw- just turned 26, 27 years old. Anyways, I come home. I switch. Um, I switch the meth for a couple bags of blow a day and two bottles of Captain Morgan's every day. So how were you supplying my, yourself? My uncle owned a bar. Mm-hmm. And my dad owned but two bars, right? So as long as I was home, they didn't care, right? So by this time, my dad was back. They weren't racing anymore. Um, he was trying to make his living in a bar, and I was drinking fucking nonstop. And because I was so angry at him, I would fuck that place up every night, mm. steal the cash register. Just people would leave the bar. Again, no rules. No rules. Right. No rules. No choice. Didn't care. I was so angry. I wanted to hurt. I physically would go out and hurt people. Yeah. Like mentally, emotionally, I was out. If you maybe felt like you were owed that, to, you know, from some of the bullshit that went on, you know. Yeah, I mean, like, I, I just didn't care. I wanted to, I wanted to hurt everybody as much as as he hurt me. Um. So, anyways, so I, I switched that. I switched that around for those two cat, those two bottles of Captain a day and the cocaine, and I was living life, no work, no nothing. What happened was my uncle, um, who was fighting cancer, actually got a clean bill of health. He actually beat it. Got a clean bill of health on a Friday and you know, went out riding on his Harley with his buddies drinking and he got killed yeah. on Wednesday. Mm. That's a f- crazy. A few days after. Yeah. So now I've lost my best friend in 2005. Then I lose the one dude that's always been there for me. 
And I'm like, fuck, what do I do? I knew nothing about, I'd always, I'd, I worked Morning on dirt bikes. Or, I knew, well, yeah. dude, and now I'm angry and I'm drinking. Yeah. I got a bad drug problem, like just a miserable fuck. But I made a decision. I made a choice. I said, I'm going to make my uncle proud. And I'm going to build this company. He had a tiny little trucking company in shambles because of the cancer. He had one truck. I turned it around. Um, I, I couldn't save his, so I figured out how to create my own new one. And like I said, I turned it into 78 employees, uh, 43 semis, three different warehouses, diversifying into other businesses. I grew it to a multi, multi-million dollar company um, in 2000, by 2013. So from And you were clean the entire time no, that you did it? No, my drug and alcohol abuse got worse. Two, uh, three, about $3,000 a day is, is what I would, I would spend. Well, you got to do millions and millions in revenue. To be able to do that. You're an expensive yeah. habit, yeah. you know? I mean, I'd be, I would go to Vegas like a moron and party on $85,000 in a night just for what I, I was told I had a good time. I mean, I, no I rules. T- yeah. No rules. Yeah. So were you the type that when you would drink, you'd have no idea what happened the night before? I wouldn't know what happened for a week, mm. a month sometimes. I yeah, would stay so just fucked a blur. up. Yeah. Mm. At, so I'll, I'll finish the story. So I build that company up. Um, things are really, really good. Everything that I touch turns to gold. Literally mon- making money hand over fist. Things are great until no, either God, the universe says, hey, motherfucker, I'm taking this away from you. Right. Smack done. Like, God. Well, if, if it didn't, then maybe you would go to four or 5,000 or six, you know what or I mean? Or dead. Yeah, or dead. Right, or yeah, dead. exactly. So I literally lost my business um, on May thir- May 15, 2013. I lost all that, right? Got in bed with some bad partners with diversifying some things. There's a whole nother fucking story. Making some investments, trying Stup- to think that you're- Thinking I'm going to outsmart it. Yeah. It was bad. It was it was bad, right? And I was just lying to everybody. I'm like, oh, yeah. it's going to be fine. I'm going to get through this, right? Just putting on this fucking fake show like many people probably are on your, your audience. I'm putting on the show, putting on the show, and then finally, boom, it's over, right? From millions of dollars to done. The depression sets in pretty gnarly, right? So from May, uh, May, 13, May 15, 2013, way to father's day june 18 now don't forget at this point i'd already had a son right so in 2009 i had i was also married i don't talk about it much but awful relationship like the most toxic bad things i wonder why that transpired (laughs) (laughs) i have no clues yet so far of why he wanted to pick the one that was gonna be chaos it was chaos as fuck (laughs) but i got the best thing out of it i got my son he's fucking awesome yeah Um, and it's cool now because she actually has cancer uh, right now she's had it since he was a baby and like her and I are friendly mm. and it's great for him, which was mm-hmm. very difficult to be because we literally hated each other. So, yeah. um, and that's my new, my new wife, Kendra, the one that you guys yeah. met, she's like pushed me to become a better, yeah. better to her. So, um, not that we're best friends, but it's, anyways, you're, it's still it's for my son. work in progress <laughs> yeah, yeah, and you're yeah. doing you, what you can. We're yeah. doing what's right for my yeah. son. Um, so June 18th, which is Father's Day, I'm being a shitty fucking dad, right? I just lost my business. I'm still trying to live this lie. I'm selling my hot tub. I'm fucking doing cocaine all day long. I'm selling my bike, selling my cars, like trailer, trailers yep. that I had, clothes, shoes, like literally selling everything. Anything. Yeah. Drinking yeah. it as fat, drinking and drugging as fast as I could. I woke up on Father's Day of 2013 suicidal. And my house, it's a big old house empty as fuck. My, I remember I go down where my mom's staying cause she's living with me at that time. And she's like biting her nails, like, you know, like kind of depressed, like her son is just unraveling all over, uh, right in right before her eyes. And I walk in, I'm like, I'm done. I'm gonna kill myself. Like I, I'm 
fucking out of here. I can't take this. My life's over. I lost my business. My shot's over. Like nothing's think, working. Nothing's now. working yeah. right now. Mm-hmm. Woe is me. Yeah, it had nothing to do with you. It's just everything around. I'm blaming you. everything. Yeah, I got fucked course. right. Yeah. But the truth, I didn't really want to die. I just wanted to feel better. Right? Mm-hmm. I just yeah. wanted to feel better. And you I wanted, wanted out of that situation so bad that if that was an option, it was an option you thought yep. about. Well, yeah. I, I did. I had a three mil- The last thing I had left was a $3 million life insurance policy for my son. And I, I thought that it would be better off if he had that versus his dad. Yeah. I was contemplating that every day. Right. So anyways, I wake up that morning. And I remember everybody who I've really, truly loved in my life to this point, besides my brother, because I love my brother. Uh, you guys will meet him sometime. But uh, had died. My uncle and Jimmy. Those are the, I keep a very tight circle. right? So I'm yeah. running out of people in my, in my, my, zone, in my, my dome. Anyways, I wake up that day. I tell her what's going on. Tell my mom what's going on. She calls some of my friends. They show up with some beer, right, to make me feel a little bit better. Things are, I start drinking. I'm crying. I'm fucking feeling sorry for myself. This, let's go get some lunch. So we go down to this little taco shop. Buy about 25, 30 drinks in, some margaritas. I'm feeling better. I get this. Come Monday, I'm going to figure this shit out. Life's right? good again. Life's yeah. good. Right. I'm good. I got this. You're Nobody motivated. Can. I'm going to figure this out come Monday. Anyways. There's this girl there. I'm saying, I'm going to go swimming. She's like, well, I, got a, I got a lake house. I'm like, cool. Well, I'm going to go swim with you. Let's go swimming. I jump in the car with her. I take off, right? Go from being suicidal to just gone on foot, no money, barefoot, literally didn't have shoes on. We went to, like, to the other side of the lake, which is no, it's of no geographical, like, known to you guys, but it's, it should have only been about a seven-minute drive. Yeah, right. We went, like, to a multiple towns. took about 40 minutes to get there. And I'm like, what the fuck are we doing? Every time we went in, she's in the bathroom running some water. And I'm like, well, I'm a known cocaine user. Like, don't hide it, divide it. Like, that's what I'm yeah, thinking. Yeah. yeah. Well, it turns out she's doing heroin. Hmm. Right? So here I wake up this morning. And I'm feeling like shit. And then I put two and two together. And I'd snorted heroin, right, to that point, math, uh, mainly uppers. Yeah. Um, I put two and two together, and I say, shoot me up. Right? So I fucking let her shoot me up. And I get high. The first time I shot it, not snorted, but it was the first time that I shot it. And uh, I realized, like, fuck, this isn't me. Like, I'm better than this. Like, what are you doing? Like, I had a moment of clarity. So I call my friend. I say, hey, go get my truck. Come get me. I, I got to get out of here. Now, I don't remember. He never made it with my truck. I don't remember what happened in that evening. Remember, I just lost. I haven't seen my son. Everyone's around dead. Lose my business. Fucking life's in shambles. I, I call him to come get me. The last words that I remember, I said to him, hey, you don't have to be like me. And he said, this isn't my first rodeo. You fast forward to 2 a.m. and he's dead. I'm breathing. I find him on the floor. And I'm breathing. Try, I'm trying to breathe breath back into him. Like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah. Right? And at some point during that night, I wiped out. Right? So my face is full of blood. And he's dead on the floor. And um, again, my dad, this is the craziest thing. Like him and I don't even talk but i call my dad first out of all people like, I'm like hey dad tell him you know, he's dead tell him he's dead he's like call the fucking cops right so i call the cops and they come because i'd fell all these things i didn't know what was going on she lawyered up real quickly she was able to get a like make it so they couldn't come in they had to get a warrant she, she'd been down that road at this chick's house he's dead i'm fucking puking I'm, I'm my life is like what the fuck is going on his brother at this point was still working for the guy that took my business like I have to everything is just the pressures on me just fuck they end up basically trying to pin 
everything, everything on, on you. She lawyered up and got out of the country. Mm. Yeah. So I was left to figure, figure it out. And I'm like, man, if, if you're going to fucking do something, you got to do it. Right. Even though I didn't see him do drugs, even though I didn't give them to him. Like I was just going to be honest with them. I just was going to tell him what I knew. And luckily for me, like I told the truth and because I didn't have anything to do with it, I'm not in any trouble. However, they tried everything they could do, you know, back and forth for months and months and months. And they're trying to figure out at it, at my buddy's uh, funeral because, you know, they, it was a couple of days later, his face was bruised up for whatever reason. And then they were saying, cause my face was fucked up. You hear the rumbling in the crowd. Mark beat him to death. He's a fucking psycho. Right. Like mm. hearing all these things. So I'm going through that and I'm like, fuck, what do I do? Right. Like again. So I said, yeah, let's do more heroin. Drink Not, more. Well, heroin. you're just escaping reality At this point, over like, and over like, and what over. What else do yeah. I do? I'm complying and help and telling them like, here's my deal. Like, yeah. this is what happened, but I'm just fucking fucked up. Like fucked up. Now, remember I lost that business and, um, I lost that business and it was taken by this guy who kept trying to run it. I literally just signed a $27 million contract with Generac Power Systems before I fucking lost the business. Like, I should have been in a good spot. Yeah. On top of everything else that I have going on. But my brother, my friends, my cousins, everybody worked over there for this guy. And they keep coming to me like, Mark, we got to do something. We got to get out of here. Like, let's start another company. Like, what, what can we do? And I take, the, take it upon myself to build up another company. Fast forward, I got myself to the point I got myself cleaned up, uh, took 12 days. As I was sitting there writing a suicide note again to my son, I heard a voice that said, you're not done yet. And I'm like, okay. And I put it together. 12 days took me to detox. Ended up in the next 10 months building from nothing another $10 million company. Right? We did $10 million in, in 10 months, which was pretty cool. Right? <laughs> yeah. and, I, and I helped everybody. <laughs> Well, it only took <laughs> us about eight years. So, but yeah, but here's yeah. here's the biggest thing. So if you want to hire Mark, he'll turn your business from zero to ten million in eight months. That's the message. It no, was just, it was fucking. You watch people extract. They're like, yo, yeah, yeah. hey, what 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 did you do? It was. Uh, I went to work every day, but what I yeah. the biggest thing was, I stopped. I stopped myself from drinking and drugs, but all I really did was switch the steroids. Mm. That's it. It's always uh, uh, abusing. Dude, something. I was. Yeah. You go 100% at anything that you're doing. Dude, I got down four, four and a half, five percent 5% body fat, shredded as fuck. Like, look good. Everything was great. It's easy I'm, to justify. Yeah, right? like, I look like, great. Like, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not, at least I'm not drinking. Yeah, I I'm feel not. good. I even feel though, good. Even and though, it's way better than that shit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You the, know? Even though I don't sleep because I got so much trend pumping through my yeah, body. Just yeah. fucking. Anyway, so I go for about 10 months on that company. And I said, this isn't for me. Yeah. Right. So I walk, I just walk away from that company the pressure. I didn't want that pressure. I found network marketing. This is an interesting thing, right? Mm -hmm. Like I'm like, Oh, I can actually make money off my own efforts. And like, I nailed it quickly. Like I started making a ton of money off it Damn. doing great. Like, cause it was, I was selling protein shakes. Are, I'm like, Oh, this makes sense. Oh, people like, are going to like, was dude, what are you taking? Dude. Yeah. Here, here no, you go. Isogenics. Yeah. Isogenics. Yeah, yeah, boom, boom. Uh, my uncle did that and was, he got up. I know where he was making like 50 really good money in isogenics. I made a bunch of money. I made like 19 that. grand in the first like three weeks. I'm like, dude, Damn. if I can, and I got to keep it all. I didn't have to give it away to people I owed money to. Like, fuck sweet. This is for me. So I went on a tear and I got really, really good at it got myself on steroids but off of dope and off of drinks i went out to san diego for a uh i went out to san diego for an awards dinner that they wanted me to come to i went to the bathroom and the guy in the bathroom literally the attendant in this nice place says want some coke i said fuck yeah 
I'm clear. He offers it to yeah. me. I'm here for an event. There are all these like really rich, successful people are there. I go in the bathroom. It's not Coke. It's fucking crank. I hit it like what's, that. What's the difference? I don't know. It's just the same. It's just the same shit. It's uh, well, Coke is, is blow as cocaine. Craig is like manufactured fucking speed. Uh, right. So, yeah. Um, and then I'm in San Diego wide open off to the races, like drinking one night, like off one to night. the race, just yeah. everything I had just built. Well, that shows people right there that one bad decision makes it 10 times easier for a second bad decision and a third. That's why, that's why I think people need to really, you know, decide if they're going to analyze the decision and make the right choice in every single circumstance, because one good decision leads to another. Sure. Like, dude, if I start hitting the gym and I'm out of shape and I feel sore, I'm going to be like, you know, I probably should eat healthier, you know? And then, and then all of a sudden these new habits start forming that create a new one and a new one, but it's the same with a bad habit. The most habit turns into two. What it was for me that if you think about it, and I'm almost done with sharing the rest. There's more shit you guys yeah. want to hear about. Um, the decision, I had no framework. I had no foundation. All I'd really, do, I didn't work on me. Yeah. Even though I was you sober. You always worked in the, it, I, it was just money? It, like there was nothing, nothing yeah. on my mind. It was fucking grow, push, money, build. Like, uh, But you had a bunch of anger that you still yeah, had to angry fucking deal fuck, with. Plus the steroids yeah. and all this. And then the minute yeah, I do, took that. Do you think that you build, go, fa- you know, move, move, move? I do the same do, thing do, today do, that I do then. But do you think that that had something to do with like the fact that the attention was put on your brother and you're like, I'm going to prove that I'm fucking worthy. I'm going to build big yeah, shit. Yeah, I'm sure it came you from know, when like I was some a sort kid. of subconscious shit. Sure. Like, I'm going to show these motherfuckers that I am valuable. You know, they, they, they put all the value on him growing up, but none on me. Right. So I'm going to take it upon myself to show them that I'm valuable and, and I'm going to do it through building biz, big shit. I'm, I mean, I'm sure a hundred percent that was in there, but you know, not it, necessarily as a thought process. It's now who I am though. Yeah. And I'm fucking proud of it. Yeah. Right. So I go, I'm on a, I'm on a bender for a couple of days, go back that network, network marketing company, just like I fuck it all up. Right. I find myself at the bar prospecting people drunk. Not, it's just a, a fucking mess. So I hit rock bottom again. So here I now I've lost my my marriage. I've lost the people that I loved. Not that, thank God, I lost that marriage. But uh, the people that I loved, my first business, my second business, and now this network marketing business, and my career in fucking California that I, all my life, just lose, 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 yeah. lose. So I'm like, what do I do? And that little boy, which is, this is where it's coming from, right? Like, I was a shitty dad. I was trying. I, I loved him. I'd buy him stuff, but I, I wouldn't, I wasn't the Bear. dad he has today. Yeah. Couldn't be. I was fucked up in the head, right? Like I was fucking making bad choices. So I remember I'm at the gym. I'm still drinking, figuring stuff out. I grew this big beard, big, I'm strong, lifting. Gym, gym never fouls you, right? It's winning Well, there's time. a lot of validation that goes along with that too. Sure. When people come up to you like, damn, dude. 100%. He's like, yeah. yeah. You know? And, and, and it, it, yeah. Helps the ego. 100%. <laughs> you know? And so when you're at a low spot it's not bad to get some compliments right so i'm looking out the window at the gym and i see a car dealership right and i'm like fuck i gotta i gotta feed this kid i owe the irs i was like 1.5 million personally upside down at that point right to the irs just in irs was a half mil at that time um other creditors and things like that was 1.5 that i would have had that i actually had to pay back that i did pay back and take care of um but my life was fucked right so I'm staring at this, I'm staring at this 
car dealership. And I'm like, I got to do something. I'm going to go sell cars. But it's in the middle of a farm field. Okay, so I'm like, I can't sell cars here. So I go to the one in the town where I knew people that I bought cars from. I said, hey, I need a job selling cars. They passed on me, which fucking pissed me off. It pissed me off even more, <laughs> right? So yeah. I go to that one inside of the inside of the cornfield, uh, yeah. the cornfield one, and they hire me on the spot. I, they give me an opportunity. I never sold cars, never did anything. I, sh- I walk in the first day. They're having this big snow sale because it was like almost Thanksgiving, whatever, Black Friday sale. And I, I walk in and they fucking give me some Joe Verde tapes. I don't know if you guys know who that is, but he's like a car sales trainer. Guy, no, right? I'm not familiar. This old ass dude yeah. is going to tell me how to, it's just whatever. They give me these tapes. I'm like, what the fuck is this? And I, I pitch them and I just start selling. I just start taking ups and doing whatever. Long story short, on that car, this, why this is important is because I found out how to take that energy and to build and burn mentality I had and build something great. I became the top salesman in that. I was selling 35 cars a month on average out of that car, out of that cornfield place. When I came to that dealership, they're only fucking selling 35 cars inside of six months. I was selling 35 myself. I, the most wow. I ever sold was 62 in one month. It's fucking hustling. No, that's yeah. impressive. Right? Yeah. No, we've, we know, we know guys in the car industry. And yeah. so what happened though, is I would, I'm, and I got myself silver, still no framework, still no nothing. I, I made it through like three, four or five months. I started leaving the Saturday morning meetings with three, four or $5,000 cash. Yeah. Next thing you know, I found myself using that cash for something you shouldn't have. At the bar, relapsed again, but everything I touch is turned into gold. Selling cars like candy bars, just fucking pushing them through. My birthday is June 10th. Okay. And you're a fellow cancer. (laughs) I'm a a Gemini. Oh. Psycho. Are you? (laughs) Yeah. The cut, then you you might barely. Probably like one day. Yeah. Yeah. It's like the 11th or something. So (laughs) June 10th is uh, is my birthday. Um, I decided I'm not going to work. And then, so they kind of like, okay, no, whatever, no big deal. Right. At this point, they knew they, I relapsed. They, they gave you a pass. They, they kind of gave me a yeah. pass, but I'm in a demo in their car. I don't show up on the 11th. Nowhere to be found. At this point, I'm fucking high on everything. I'm fucking drunk. I've been up all night. <clears throat> Excuse me. So they've come and find me. They send the porter to come get me. They find me. I'm just trash. They bring me back to the dealership and they basically say, hey, you have one option. You take help from us. You go to rehab because you have so much talent or you're fucking done. And at this point I lost everything. I'm like, well, I'll I'll take help. So they get me out of bed on the 12th. I went to rehab. We actually pulled in to the rehab facility. I said to the Ron, the guy that brought me this, I'm not done yet. Take me back to that bar. I fucking pound a bunch more shots. I went in, I blew a 0.367 and failed everything on the drug test except for marijuana. When I went in there, I lied and did the 28 day bear. I got out July 3rd. 21, 20, whatever many days it was. I never really did the work, but I was there because I didn't want to lose my job. But there's an interesting thing that happened inside there. I had been avoiding the mirror, right, for such a long time. And even though I looked like I was in great shape, I yeah. shredded. Because I had some, I was high, I was, I flipped over some tables. I fucking had some issues when I was inside the detox. Oh, bro, <clears> when I was a drug addict, I didn't look in the mirror much. And I didn't even like people taking pictures. Like some people are like, dude, can you show me a picture during that time? I'm like, dude, I don't even really have one. Yeah, I avoided. We use some of mine and, for yeah. for that we have very yeah. few of them for marketing. Yeah, but here's what happened. I'm in I'm in rehab. They finally give me over. I just want to take a shower. I left detox, went into the rehab, and I'm because I'm high risk, high energy guy. They're like, they put this big bouncer looking dude on me. I'm standing there naked. Um, it's in a communal shower. There's a guy to my right. I don't want to look right. I don't want to look left at this guy, right? Because I'm fucking want to fight him. So I'm forced to look in this mirror. And I'm like, 
you're better than this. I started talking to myself, like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Stop fucking lying. I said those three words to myself. And it was like the, like the weight just fucking came off my shoulders. Mm. I like to say that I was cured, right? I don't like the word cured, but I like to say I was better there. Um, but I continued to do the program. I got out July 3rd. I went to the dealership. They gave me a car, gave me some money. I called my son. I said, hey, I want to come get him. I hadn't seen him right for months. His mom says, hey, um, we're, at, we're in Chicago. You can see him tomorrow. I'm like, okay, cool. No problem. I'm not going to start waiting. So I call my one sober friend that I know that lifts weights. Good dude. Great guy. Kevin Lofi. He said, hey, come over to the pool. Your son's here in our local town. And I'm like, fuck. The anger hit me. I'm like, nah, man, I'm cool. So I don't say anything. I go to a restaurant. I sit down because I've been eating some shitty food for however long I was in there. Some guy walks in. He goes, you know, it's 4th of July weekend. He goes, shots, who wants a shot? I'm like, nah, man, not me. I just got out of rehab. Ah, fuck, it's only one. Six hours out of that rehab, I relapsed. Damn. And I went to, so I went, and next, you know, I'm doing heroin within an hour and a half after that. I'm fucking coked up. I'm drinking. I'm slamming Red Bulls. I'm listening. It's like I'm a kid. I'm wide open, just fucking out of control. I end up going to a bar that night where all the people from the dealership who just saved my life were at and they're and fucking lost everything fired. They fucking hate me, blah, blah, blah. I went on this like nine day bender, didn't shower, didn't do nothing, try to kill myself. It was just disgusting piece of my life. My brother again comes and says, Hey, you need to get on this plane. You're going to your mom's in Florida. So I go down to Florida. I'm down there. Like I'm shaking. I feel bad for the lady I had to sit next to. Like it was, it was bad, right? Like I was convulsing and, it was gnarly. Get down to Florida. I get office. You need to take me right to the bar or right to somewhere to get some alcohol because I can't breathe. I, I just don't feel like shit. So she takes me and does that. I'm down there for a few days. Like a total pussy. I, I'm, I get a flip phone. I'm calling my ex-wife, telling my, you know, hey, I want to I wanna talk to my son. I need him. I need him. I need him, right? Putting all my weight on my son. Everything yeah. about it. Like everyone else's problem except for mine. She's like, fuck you. You're a piece of shit. Why don't you just kill yourself? You should die. Write your rights off to him. You're a loser. All like, and rightfully so, right? At that yeah. point. And uh, so I start buying into the things she's telling me. And I'm like, well, fuck it. I will. I'll just write the rights off. I lost everything. I've lost all my businesses. Lost everything. I'm a fucking loser. Everything in my life, I'm a fucking loser. So I go and I'm like, I need to get a job though. How, how else am I going to drink? How else am I going to take care of myself? What am I going to do? So I go and apply for this job as a valet parker. All these things I've done in my life, right? Businesses, millions of dollars, successful sports, accomplishments, accolades I've done. I'm going to go park cars as a fucking valet parker. So I sit down. Guy's like, yeah, we can, we can give you a shot or whatever. I'm like, all right, cool. So I go and I grab a beer. I walk out to the ocean and I sit down. And it's a nice day. It's pink. It's blue. The, the sun, the fucking breezes and everything. And I hear this voice that says, uh, are you ready to listen to me now? And I answered audibly. I'm like, fuck, yeah, I am, right? Like, who is this? And I'm a little crazy in my mind. And I stood up and I went into that place because my mom was working there. And I said, I need to go home to Wisconsin. I need to figure out how to get my life back. And I remember I hadn't seen my son. My job hated me. Everyone hated me. The fucking world, world had collapsed. I flew home. I drank a handle of, of uh vodka and I went out and put the biggest lie on display in my life and got my job back begged. They're like, we fucking hate you. 
but if you're so good, prove yourself. You can't have lot ups, blah, blah. Because I just wanted, I needed yeah. opportunity. I said, just give me an opportunity. That was the low hanging fruit to go beg for forgiveness. That was it, man. That was all I could do. Not even forgive me. They didn't want to forgive me. They just, they knew I could make them a lot of money. Mm-hmm. That was July 27, 2015. Um, that I walked back into that dealership and I haven't had a drink or drugs since then. Um, not because I think I'm sick, not because I think I'm an alcoholic, not because I'm weak, not because I'm powerless, but because I created a system and a process that works for myself. I've been able to radically shift the intentions behind every action that I take to now liberate thousands and thousands and thousands of men. I went on, even though I missed those two months in rehab, to become was the, still the top salesman right inside there. And then I started teaching people how to sell cars online. So I built a program called 30 and 30. So the entrepreneur. So you back. updated the homeboys training video a little bit. That's exactly like, what I did, like, bro. I'm like, fuck. Man, this is some old school shit. Well, like, here's what happened. Let's put a new spin on it. So I learned Facebook marketing. I, I learned how to create videos. I created content. And I just started putting that stuff out. And I'd, I'd make three posts a day. And I'd sell and sell, sell cars, do these things. Long story short, by 2016, uh, June, I was making twenty five to 30000 a month selling cars. And I made $3,989 selling my program. And the dealership says, are you going to just sell these little programs or are you going to come make some money selling cars? I said, I quit. And I walked away from that and I started building this thing called 30 and 30. And I built that, I built that online business. That's where I met Stuman. That's where you know, okay. all this stuff had happened. Yeah, so that's it, 2016. Yeah, 15, 16 yep. ish, something like that. Yeah. So I built this things up. Um, I never looked back. What was interesting was the guys that I would talk to didn't want to, they didn't care about selling cars. They want to know how to get their life dialed in. Right. Mm. Right. They want to know how, how the fuck do I, if you can do this. So on, on that, did you, were you sh- like pretty open and sharing kind of some of your, so I put a video out. that you overcome and how, you know, you, you use car sales to, yep. you know, make well, money and I'm going to teach you a thing or two. And then that message resonated much. and they're like, yo, cool about the car sales, but what about this? Yeah. Side yeah. Of it? How do I, how do I get my wife to love me? How do I, how do I become a better dad? How do I not struggle with alcohol? I put a video out that went pretty viral at, at my whole story, right? I just put it out there. It was hard for me to do. It took me like an hour and a half to fucking lay like that to cut it, edit it. Anyways, that attracted a lot of attention. So I went on from 2016 to 2018. I was building my own journey, right? Building my own personal comeback. But I thought I was going to be a car sales trainer. Yeah. That's what I thought it was going to be. Right. Right? I didn't think that I was going to do what I do today. So I kept building it and building and building it. I ended up building that one. I think we did in 2017. We did 600,000 um, in sales on that one with no, no like heavy marketing, no heavy spent, marketing, yeah. just, just all hustle. Yeah. Right. So I took that and I parlayed that into keeping it grow, figure out how to do this, click funnels, learn all these things. January of 2018. Like I'd always seen this I don't have a black shirt on, but it's the black and the, the white and the yellow, the I'm a comeback. I could see it. And people started calling me the comeback kid. And I could fucking see these things and the seven Fs that I created and this framework that I had in the hundreds and hundreds of notebooks and journaling and everything. January, 2018, I called every client that I had on recurring revenue. At this point, it was like $47,000 a month. And I said, Hey, I'm not going to take any more money from you. Um, you can have all my content. I'm going to go do something different. So again, I walked away from everything and I started this. I'm a comeback thing. And I only enrolled three people in the first month and it did not go good at all. Right. Like it was, I thought people were going to like just come just in groves. Yeah. I just thought they were going to come. Nope. It was three people. Um, I couldn't, I think the first guy only paid me a thousand dollars, right. Like to, to be able to coach him. Um, what's interesting about it though, is just like every entrepreneur and kind of why I'm here is I just stayed at it. 
I stayed mm-hmm. consistent. I learned more. I pushed more. I would, I'd work literally around the clock. I invested in, you know, with Garrett White, like we talked about, yeah. a big money marketer boot camp with Ryan. Um, I literally went. So you just started in. surrounding yourself with individuals that were of value. What I saw, what I did was this. I looked at who has something that I want and how can I get it faster than them? Yeah. That it was a competition. So let me ask you this. When you had three people, what were you like? Maybe this ain't it. Hundred, yeah. You know, like, I started going back and yeah, forth. Yeah, like maybe I should go back to the car sales trainer thing, or car sales in general, or whatever, right? Because there, there might be people listening right now that their business, they've got something that they were super excited about, and everybody needs to realize when you have a concept or an idea, you know, you're in this weird honeymoon phase where it's just, it's so great in your mind, but sometimes it takes time for something great to ultimately turn into it <laughs> great. It, yeah. And even, even though like by, by all means we're great right now, it's still f- next level is difficult as fuck. Yeah. Oh yeah. The next level that I'm at, I just told you, I want to get people to come in big, big like investors, guys who know more than me. Like, I don't know that level. Mm, I only right. know how to get it to where it is right now. Right. Like yeah. I'm probably, I'm pretty much at the capacity of what I know, or I figure out how to put myself around next level people. Exactly. Right? My ideas and the concept work well. Well, you, you, you've basically been honest with yourself and like, I've, I've taken this thing as far as I can go. I'm now the plateau. I'm creating my own plateaus. And, and I think the majority of entrepreneurs that are running a business, they are the plateau sure, because they're not admitting, Hey, this, this area I'm just not good in, my, you know, and my greatest seek strength out help is just to like, I know. I literally told you right when I got in, I'm not, I'm not the right guy to run it to what it's worth. It's a, it's a multi-billion dollar ideal. Like, like it's, that's no joke. I've had guys that are very, very successful that want to invest and say, dude, you got something massive here. I don't know how to get there. Well, you've never built it, you know? So either you surround yourself with people that have, or you hire the people. I think I could take it to, I think I could take it in this year myself as I'm starting to plan it out to at least a hundred million dollar company. Okay. Of right, value. I think I can get it there. I basically have to just double where we're at right now, right. So which is not difficult. Let's talk about the program just a little bit. You know, I don't want you to pull back the whole curtain, you know, or anything like that. But at the end of the day, like, is this, like, do people get involved and then there's, you know, an initial onboarding call and then there's like weekly calls, monthly calls. Is it more in-person meetups? Is it so we got like it kind of explain I what mean, it's morphed into many things. The way it sits yeah. in its entirety right now is I've got a team. The truth is my front end, it's called the comeback council. I don't even coach in there anymore because I, I, I had to figure out how do I build something that could be, how can my words become immortal? Gotcha. Right. All right. In order for Pass that to happen down to other people and empower the, them. Same thing with you guys building the business. This thing needs to live on without you at some point. Oh, yeah. Because, you know, your kids might not want to do it or who knows, right? Or you might want to sell. Like, how do you build something bigger than yourself? I've been able to successfully do that with my ideas and beliefs. And what I've done was figure out a way to leverage artificial uh, intelligence. So we have bots and automation and all these things that come in and actually feels like you're having a conversation with me. Correct. Um, But then I also have human elements. So I've got a team of, I mean, we're up to like 40 with subcontractors at one point. And now I think we're down to maybe like 15, 16 people doing it. All meetings that we do on the council where we help you get a control of alcohol are done in group format. The next level, which is called the Alliance, is still done in group, but we give you like a little more time with me on, on a call. I don't do anything one-on-one until you get into my, my high-ticket stuff. 
my main mission and like the comeback council, the, the thing that could help people that are struggling with alcohol is how do I build it so that it's duplicatable every fucking day, right? It's a process that you can come into where you don't leave feeling like you're weak and, and you never leave my meetings feeling like you want to drink. I can tell you that. Mm. I'll let you guys attend one if you want. It's really just a fucking power fest. So yeah, it's done in, you know, artificial intelligence, uh, three weekly meetings, boat crew meetings that we do. Three uh, weekly meetings? Three weekly meetings, Monday, Wednesday, Fridays. Uh, they do their own boat crew, uh, which is uh, groups of seven helping hold each other accountable that correlates to the program that I've laid out. I've got a 52-week program that's delivered to them, kind of like what you guys were talking yeah. about doing for yeah. yourselves. Mine's all mine's all automated. It's already built out. Um, videos. Uh, what else do we do? We send out boxes, a care package that actually has meaning to the core values of my company or to the the movement, which is called the seven apps. So I've created ways that you are just engulfed into everything. I'm a comeback, mm. right? It's pretty, pretty crazy. when you see guys that are super successful. So that's the new label that you want them. You know, I, I am a come, I'm not an alcoholic. I'm not this. I'm, you know, I'm a comeback in, in essence, even sitting here talking to you with your story, bro, you're in a, you're a comeback by all, all means. Like everybody loves the hero's journey. Right, the comeback. Everyone loves a comeback story. I didn't set out that intention for it. It's happening. People well, are, I think people are labeling themselves. Yeah, comebacks. yeah. I mean, nice. I, I think I think it's a good thing. If you're going to label yourself as anything, label it as something that's that's positive, where you feel empowered that you are in control, right. not something external. Right, and I, and I think that if anything, you're you're giving them an opportunity to remove a, an old label that has negative condensations to it to something that's a little bit more positive. And I think that's probably why it's spread. It's spreading fast. And yeah. You're hundred percent correct. Now, if I'm going to label me, I, like I said in the beginning, it's freedom, man. I only want freedom, mm -hmm. freedom of all things. Right. That's why I, I'm proud to be an American. I mean, I'm not going to go into that type of rant right now, yeah. but it's freedom from whatever chains, shackles, bondage been holding me back for so long. Every day I get up, I want to pour into myself so I can pour into other people. Because when I look at Frito, I was flying and looking at these mountains from Colorado to, to Utah here. And just like this fucking primal thing inside me just wants to just be free like a fucking stallion and run. I know I'm not a horse, but like I don't want any labels on me besides freedom. Right. And I think if somebody can understand or resonate with that message, they're like, holy shit, I get freedom represents me. It's not just this thing that America stands for. It's actually me. It's a mindset. It's a choice, right? That's In other words, you're you're not you're not letting external limitations be placed upon you, right? That that's really the idea of it. Whatever it is that you want to do, uh, you could do through the power of choice. Choice, 100%, you know, yeah. uh, because every single time somebody you you know, and and I've had these debates with other people that have you know had drug issues or whatever it is. Oh, you dude, you're just like this one scenario, like. You don't get it. That's not normal. I am an addict, you know. And it was always, I would always battle with, with with some of my friends that I used to use with that would like, I mean, let's put it this way. Like four years or five years after, I get a text message. And it said something like, happy anniversary. I was like, I'm like, it's not my anniversary, though. He's like, yeah. The date that you got. So, like, I just wanted that life gone. Or yeah, the first year or two or whatever, but I was so focused on where I was going sure. that I didn't I didn't realize it was year four or year five. Yeah, but holding on to these the ones that were always saying I'm to... an addict, I'm an addict, I'm this, I'm that, you know, whatever, whatever. 
they kept going back. Like I watched my friends do that over and over that labeled themselves as, as something, but they would always relapse rather than just saying, I am no longer this, that's not who I am. And this is now who I am. And you live your life based upon a new set of rules, right? Allowing yourself to be confined by that amount of pressure is fucking just asinine, right? Of Oh, oh, it's my date. I need to make it here every fucking day. I, I need to count. I need to count. I need to count. If I fuck up, I go back to zero. I use this analogy all the time, right? Think about a guy in a factory. He's been working there 35 years. Never missed a day of work in his life, right? Yeah. All of a sudden he gets COVID and he has to take a couple of days off. Seven, 10 days quarantine. Does he lose that tenure? Does he lose that seniority that he had there because he had to take 10 days off? Or does he pick right back off where he was at? Picks right up. Why, right. So why would you put so much weight on the fact if you picked up this fucking drink that you go back Once, to zero? Yeah. Dude, we don't count days. We count memories, moments, and experiences. And I like to fucking maximize every. This is an experience I'm having fun at right now. I will count this as a win for my day. Yeah. Right. right? This is better to me than saying, yep, I didn't drink today. Yeah. You know, I got, I got put... Um, and, and, you know, my brother was a drug addict, right? Pretty bad. He had his, his runs as well. And, you know, he got pretty upset with me because I wouldn't show up to his gr- drug court graduations or his Salvation Army finish dates when he, they gave him a bed there to get, you know, detoxed and clean and follow their program. I was like, I'm not going to show up and celebrate you. like Doing what you should be doing. Yeah, like to me, yeah. in my mind at that time, I was like, if we keep celebrating you graduating things like this, are you just going to keep relapsing so that people will celebrate you when you get back clean again? You know, like this is a weird cycle. I don't think I'm doing you any favors by celebrating your win at sobriety, these little programs. Right. And so I, I love that. What you just said, dude, like, dude, we celebrate memories. You well, know, I mean, wins for the day. I would love a 40 that year old doesn't say I'm going to celebrate 40 years clean. Right. Like, just as you said, I just, I didn't want to celebrate the distance that it's been of something that I should have never been doing. Right. Like, let's forget about it and move on. Why should I be selling, celebrating something that I fucked myself up with when I, yeah. like, why? why? Happy anniversary. Yeah, right. Let's keep remembering this old story and this old thing that was just a little piece of my history. It's just not, again, it's not who I am, right? And I, th- I think the message, I know we talked a lot about drinking in my story here, but there's someone out there right now that said exactly what you said. Okay. Mm-hmm. They're like, yeah, I fucking find myself in this rut every three weeks, every six weeks, every four times a year. Right. right. I fucking, I let it go. Am I an alcoholic? Mm-hmm. Right. They probably question that. Hopefully they hear this message and they're like, man, the truth is the pressure to run a, a business, to build a business, to do some big shit comes at a heavy, heavy load, right? Heavy's right. the head that wears the crown. And, um, hopefully that guy that's listening to this or gal that's listening to this understands like, it's just a fucking thing you did. Yeah. Who cares? Right. Or, like, Let it go. Earn, it's not about what you yeah. what you did. It's about what you're going to do. Right. What are you going to do now? So I, I right? after everything I told you, you would think, why, like, why would this guy ever want to drink again? Right? Like 50 to 60 drinks a day, snort cocaine all day long, shoot heroin, and take handfuls of pills to go to sleep. That's And steroids. That's That was like at the height of my career, right? I was pretty good at getting fucked up. You had a high batting average. Of really, really good. Really good. Fucked up. <laughs> um, but like when I look at that, like, People would say, why, why would you ever want to drink again if you know it's such a slippery slope? Dude, my wife's 30 years old. I enjoy her, right? Eventually, I'm going to get to a spot where we can be in Cabo. Like, you know, you guys had, I saw you, you yeah. didn't drink much, but you yeah. had, you know, you had a couple drinks. I, I usually drink when I, when I'm out of, I have four DUIs. I remember you were You know me. what I mean? So like, I don't ever drink 
here in town. I, I'll drink at an event or if I'm on vacation, you know, whether it's a mixed drink or a glass of wine. But I don't really do it like at home or around my kids sure. just on a Wednesday night. You know? Where I'm going with this is people would say, why would you ever want to go back? Like, dude, that's not about going back. Like, I, I want to own every fucking, maybe it's a control thing for me, yeah. right? I want to own myself. Yeah. Nobody owns me. Nobody owns you. Nobody owns you. Even though you guys might be partners inside the business and own it together, your actions are independent every fucking day on yourself, 100%. right? So if I decide one day Kendra and I are in Maui and we're hanging out and I want to have a fucking white claw because I've never had a white claw because not, <laughs> right? Like, I wonder what they taste yeah. like because I love bubble. Maybe yeah. I want to fucking have a white claw. I might have 10 white claws, but it's not about what I do that day versus what I do the next day, the next day, and the next day, right? right? I already know that I'm going to feel like shit the next day, just like you said, yeah. right? But I'm not going to be depressed because I already know that that sets in. I'm going to earn my fucking hangover if I have one. Yeah. And I'm going to do something about it. Mm. And that, to me, is what a winner does. So how long has it been since you haven't drank? Like so, yeah, I two, mean. Two, three, four years? Or no, it's been seven years. I haven't had anything. Uh, I don't have any time. at the Since at, 15 or 16 Yeah, at the rate that I like work that. at right now, bro, I don't want. I haven't put anything in my body. Um, outside of coffee. Outside of coffee. <laughs> or water. Uh, that's that's all we've seen here people yeah you know, we can verify yeah i, I haven't mean, smelt the coffee yet because i know yeah, there's those got some fucking baileys in yeah there. yeah no exactly. i i um i mean i do i do take a, a non-stimulant fucking pre-workout yeah right and that's it mm -hmm. but it, it seems like a lot of people that have had troubles in their past are the type of people that could be massively successful if they harness whatever the fuck's going on, right? Because they're usually not the half-ass type people. Sure. There's some people that are half-ass half, half everything, even dabbling with alcohol or drugs or whatever. I knew people that used drugs, but they would it would be like a weekend thing. I never fully understood it. I'm like, yo, how? how, how? You right. know, like, I want to feel this good all the time, and then you become an addict, and then you don't feel so good. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I never understood it. But those same people that kind of were dabblers, have been like they were dabblers in life you know we've met pe some people you know uh brent i was like have you ever and he's like oh i've never never even tried it i said good because i see how you're doing your crypto thing bro i'm like you you when you commit you go all in sure and i was like that's that's a bad trait for an individual that wants to try this that or the other and so have you seen that you know there's a, a lot of individuals that are just it's either zero or a hundred and you see those people that, you know, ruin their life. They get clean, get sober, whatever, whatever. And then they're just on this rocket ship to, you know, this new destination uh, in their life because they're that type of individual. So let me tell you the problem that we create okay. inside of the men that we help. Um, it's, it's definitely a high driven achieving man that comes in our program. And what happens is they, they follow this framework to a fucking T. They get three, four, five weeks in, and they're, like, off to the fucking races. What happens is every single one of them forgets to bring their wife along, right? So then all of a sudden I create this massive gap mm. that they're, like, their wife doesn't they're understand. They're changing so quickly. They're, they're, and the wife's, like, they wanted it the whole time, but where was this guy? You know how many wives have messaged me? I hate you because why could I not change my husband? And then they, they end up loving me at the end of it, right? But why did some guy on the internet, how was he able to change my husband? When I have been I've been trying for 20 fucking said years. said I was going to leave. He's going to lose his kids. What the fuck else did, what above that would make somebody make a change, right? And, and they come at that. But then what, what happens is they, they take off. And then lucky for me, I create a whole new 
program inside of my program to help them get in relationship with their wife. And I can fix that equally as good. But what I'm talking about is you see big money happen. You see businesses happen. You see it just fucking go, which is awesome. But it leaves a trail. If you don't fucking go all in on your faith, finances, family, fitness, future freedom to build this foundation, then you can get a little sidetracked on the stuff that matters, which ultimately your family. So that's why you combine all of those. So you let people know, like, there's more than one area that you need to focus. Yeah, it's not just it about. It can't be completely imbalanced. That's right? why. And I don't, I don't, wouldn't say I have a very, very balanced life for me personally, because I'm all in in this season on the life I'm building, I'm a comeback. But I'll drop everything that I have going on to take care of my kids and take care of my wife. Mm-hmm. They matter the most. So, like, I'm not doing one or the other. I'm doing them together, which gotcha. is pretty cool, right? So, and that's available to anybody, even you guys, right? Like, yeah. how do you marry, how do you get your kids speaking on stages with you? Yeah. Right. Like how, how do you show them the same shit that you're doing and how do you get your wife to buy into, to whatever you're doing every day when you're here having a podcast? Stuman does a good job with that. His kids are in Cabo, yeah. you know, with us when us three were in Cabo, yep. they're breaking it down on the mm-hmm. dance floor. You I, know? I, I noticed He's, it with my wife, man. Like I noticed that like, even when I started, um, cause I've gone through a couple different growth journeys. Like when I got divorced and my, I had to deal with anger issues and I went through all this therapy and personal growth changed my life. But then, you know, my new wife comes in the picture and, you know, I, I'm going down this new business growth journey and a lot of it's personal growth. And then it's like, I noticed, and, and we actually had a few arguments about like, she, like, well, I remember one time she said, don't, don't just use all that weird talk on me. Like, you know, about all this gross shit or your therapy or whatever the hell, you know, like stop it, you know? And I was actually realized I'm like, dude, I need to bring her with me, you know? Cause there is, it creates this gap like you talked about. And so I, I try and bring her any chance I can. I actually really joy and love when we can, right? When we get a nanny to stay home and she can, you know, clear her schedule and we can both go uh, to Cabo with a mastermind or to Dallas or whatever. And it, it actually is pretty powerful. Dude. Yep. It's pretty powerful to be able to bring them with you. This one, because it was in and out. That's why Kendra didn't come. Yep. Otherwise she goes everywhere with me. Yeah. Yeah, dude, it's, it's, it's awesome. Yeah. It's pretty fucking cool. Yeah. Well, your wife's doing her thing too. You want to speak on that for a minute? Yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, she basically, so, because we talked about, Hey, for man, this, that, the other, but, yeah, that's you a know, good there's point. There's women listeners as well, just so that, you know, one, I want them uh, to know where to contact you, where to connect with you, but also want you to tell them a little bit about your wife's thing as well, so that whatever it is that she's helping women through, that uh, the women listeners as well could, sure. could have a source to. So, we, um, one of the biggest things for me was it, it didn't sit right to not be able to help everybody. Like, gotcha. I, I don't want to coach women. And she didn't really want to coach either. So we tried to test the waters with another woman coaching. I couldn't get behind it. Yeah. Uh, just didn't make sense to me to spend time with some other woman. Just didn't make sense to me. So anyways, Kendra finally came into her own after Cabo. She saw that and she's like, I'm going to go back and I'm going to fucking do this thing. So she created the same framework, everything that I've, everything that I've done already for her. We just duplicated it in her own, her own program, her own bots, everything going on. Same thing called lethal ladies. Um, it's not so much about alcohol as it's about woman empowerment. So Kendra served in Afghanistan. She did it to her uh, a couple over there for a couple of years. Um, alcohol has also ravaged her life, which is another story I can talk about why she's perfect for me. Uh, her little brother, uh, he died in a bad car accident. And then her dad drank himself to death and had a heart attack three weeks before her and I got married. Just literally. So, um, so she knows how to deal with it, but she's not a drinker herself. Yeah. Right? She right. just, she's never really drank. I shouldn't say that in between. I wasn't with her at the time, but when her brother passed away, she went in a couple just months a little, there. Just, yeah, just a little deeper. Yeah. Her, lost her best friend. Yeah. 
but she really focuses on like the same thing, the mindset. She's been getting coached by me every fucking day since we've met her, or since I've met her. So she can speak the same language, maybe not from the heart the way that I do, but she's now delivering it to these women and it's growing fucking fast. The wives, like you said, or we talked about that gap. Right. So when I create this gap, what's happening, the women are stepping in there and Kendra's actually fulfilling it. But we allow outside ladies to come into Instagram's actually, she got a little following, but making money off there already, which is pretty cool. What, what is it? Uh, lethal, we, uh, lethal ladies, yeah. Her at website's lethal ladies at lethal ladies. Yep. Okay, and then her website. Her website's wearelethal.com. Okay, and yep. you're and where do people go to try to connect with you? Um, I know you have the Instagram. I am a comeback. Yeah, um, man. Is I mean, that the best area for them to connect with you, or is there iamacomeback.com? Yeah, there's iamacomeback.com. Um, the way we have it all set up is it's an application process. I don't okay. do a ton of like talking to the guys anymore, um, and I was. I lost my my Instagram. Remember, it got stolen from. Oh me. Yeah, 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 I got yeah. it back. Yeah. By the way, I got oh, it back. Mark, yeah, it Mark's so popular. They're out here trying to take his image. They, they literally took uh, five <laughs> grand from me to try yeah. to get it back, and yeah. I, I ended up getting it back, but they ruined the account. But anyways, yeah, I'm a comeback.com man. We have a application process on there. I've got a team ready, standing, waiting by to handle phone calls. There are YouTube videos, tons of YouTube. Mark can check out or yep. whatever if they want to kind of poke around see what it's about yep. a little bit more. Maybe there's more information on your website and stuff. I am well. a comeback.com or I'm a comeback on YouTube. Mark Jennison, Mark Jennison, uh, not Mark Jennison.com anymore, but yeah, man, I don't, you know, when I get on here, I don't ever really promote it. Like I do it completely different than everybody else. I want them to hear the message and feel it for themselves. Yeah. If they feel called and compelled to take action, just go click. I am a comeback or Google. I am a comeback.com and find out what it is and, or message me on Facebook. If you feel, if not, that's cool too. My hope is this. Somebody who's listening to this, whether it's not them, whether it's someone they love because we all know somebody impacted oh, yeah. by alcohol, they can take this message and share it with them because it is one of redemption and power for sure. Yeah, and everybody has the ability to do it. You know, it's just a matter of hearing the right words at the right time, yep. right? Nobody's going to be able to change anybody for for that person. You know, my family wanted to change me for a long time. It just, I wasn't ready. Right. So, yes, you know, make sure that you're sharing the message with somebody that you think that could get value from it. But they have to be ready as well. 100%. You know, like they have to be in that space where they're just ready to move on and release the shackles of, you know, this thing that they have to do every day just to even try to survive or feel normal because they're going to start going through withdrawals or pain, just yeah. like you did when you get off the plane. Right. hundred um, percent. So guys, if you enjoyed today's episode, make sure that you reach out to Mark, connect with him. If the message connect with you, or if you're dealing with some issues um, with alcohol or, you know, marriage or whatever it may be, make sure that you, you know, you touch base, uh, see what they're all about because they have helped thousands and thousands and thousands of people just in a short time frame. So yeah. you can only imagine what it'll look like a decade from now. You know, well, that, that thousands will turn into millions. We, you know, we, we all, we all still have like shit to work out. Oh, you yeah. know what I mean? Even the people that feel like they're the most put together or, you know, my life's pretty great right now, but I still have shit to work out. You know what I mean? And so dude, if that's a, that's a, if that's a channel for you yeah. guys to get some help that you need, like I, you said, you invited us to come check it out. I want to come check it out, cool. dude. You know, I'm always looking for where can I be a little bit better? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. uh, whether it is in, in the home life, the fatherhood, the, you know, the, the, the marriage, whatever it is, man. And um, I didn't talk a whole lot this episode, dude, because I'm just like, dude, your stories are incredible. <laughs> and I'm just like, it's just like hearing them all, dude. And, and oh, some I of them I can really it. relate yeah, I to. I enjoy just hearing it. You know? Yeah, like that, you know, this, this this is how we get to know people on a deeper level, too. It's not like, you know, some podcasts, they make you like send a resume and shit to where they know everything about you. So they have talking points. But 
we like to do just yeah. more organic. And so uh, I enjoyed, you know, listening to every single time that you started to make the corner, but you know, you went back, you went back, and then you here you are sitting here today, yeah. you know, lot, impacting it people. It's incredible. Yeah, no, yeah. I think it's amazing. Well, I appreciate and, you guys and, for and, having me. And it's definitely something that not a lot of people have done that have seen that many, you know, losses over that decade or however long it was to still, you know, rise up out of that. I think it's it's super impressive. I appreciate and admirable. you coming out. You know? Yeah, Making the trip, yeah. Sure. sharing with our audience, yeah. man. I know, I know our type of audience is very similar type of groups we're a part of. And I know we all struggle with a lot of the same stuff. So I think, I think a lot of entrepreneurs are struggling with, you know, some people maybe they have a different outlet for it, but some people have an outlet of alcohol or whatever it is. We all got an obsession. Everybody has an outlet that they, they deal with stress. Some are positive outlets and some are negative. Right. So guys, make sure again, you're sharing the episode with somebody that you believe will get value, rate, review, all that good stuff. Other than that, kick ass. Have a good day. See you guys next week.